Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who just five years into my legal career found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. So that I didn't become yet another attorney burnout statistic, I decided it was time to redefine success from the inside out. Fast forward a few years and it worked. I had a thriving legal career balanced with a fulfilling life. What I learned is that you can achieve the success you want without sacrificing yourself in the process. And I'm on a mission to help you do exactly that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both law and life. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Welcome to the Life in Law Podcast. This is Heather Mulder, your host and Today, we have a special treat. I have invited three of my clients onto the show today to talk about their experience with an Elevate My Mastermind, and also really to talk about kind of the growth that they've had through their experiences in the mastermind, supporting one another, and through the coaching process. So a quick note to every one of you. I know some of you who listen to this podcast regularly are not lawyers. This is still for you. And I'm going to tell you why in a moment. I know some of you are at a stage in your career where you're not ready to grow a business, right? This is still for you. I know my mastermind is specifically for those of you who are wanting to grow your book of business. Today's episode will still be incredibly helpful for you. Tell you why in a moment. I also know that some of you are not even in private practice. And so it's definitely not applicable. The Elevate experience is not applicable to you. But today's episode is still for you, and here's why. Because although, yes, they are going to tell you about their specific experiences within Elevate, and those experiences relate to goals that often relate to growing their business, most of what today is really about is getting the right support, and especially peer support. We've been talking for a while now around the mental health issues that a lot of attorneys face. And the fact of the matter is, A lot of those mental health issues relate to not sharing our struggles. We lawyers tend to think that we need to go it alone, that we need to prove ourselves. And we sometimes also believe that we're the only ones and we're too afraid to admit that we're struggling at anything and to ask for help. And it's a big problem. It's a big stress problem for us. It also causes higher levels of anxiety. And frankly, it's I've found, at least in attorneys and the attorneys that I work with, one of the big kind of causes of imposter syndrome. So what today I hope shows you is the impact of having peer support. And the mastermind is designed for that, but you don't have to get into my mastermind. There's lots of them out there or even a mastermind, okay? Now, if you have questions about what a mastermind even is, I had an entire episode around that and why I think they're so impactful and effective and how you can find the right fit for you or even put one together yourself because you could put together your own mastermind if that's what you want. So it doesn't have to be through a mastermind. What I am telling you today is I want you to make sure you really have the right support system and network and you talk to people. You talk not just to anybody, right? That you have peers on a similar journey to you that you share your struggles with because you're going to find out, number one, you're not alone. And you're also going to find out that there are better solutions than the ones that you can come up with in your brain. Because when we get into that place, we tend to feel so stuck, we don't know what to do about it. 
And that's where peers and colleagues who have similar struggles, who are going through the same things as you, are so impactful and so important. So regardless of where you are in your career, regardless of whether you're in-house or in private practice, regardless of whether you're even an attorney, you will get something out of today's episode. So please do have a listen. All right, let's get into the introductions of these three amazing women. First, we come to Lauren Hindell. Lauren helps food and beverage companies grow their business on a strong legal foundation that minimizes risk. A former big law partner with more than 20 years of legal experience, Lauren went out on her own to start Hendel Food Law so that she could put her skills to work for independent businesses that produce the things she is most passionate about, good food and drink. Next, we have Susie Hickson. Susie is an experienced trademark attorney, entrepreneur, and founder of Advogents and Legally Blissed. With over 20 years of experience in IP practice, she managed the trademark portfolios of Fortune 100 companies, small, small businesses, and startups. From trademark selection, clearance, and enforcement to doing it yourself and supporting your efforts, Susie has become the face of all things trademark and e-commerce. And last but not least, we have Kristen Williams. Kristen co-founded Williams Way in Law to hold Oregon government agencies accountable to the citizens they were formed to protect. Because after working from the inside for more than a dozen years, she realized the system does not always work as it should. Kristen is an appellate and administrative action specialist who shepherds her clients through the appellate process, regularly handling appeals in the Oregon Court of Appeals, Oregon Supreme Court, and United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit and helps individuals impacted by government investigations, disciplinary proceedings, or mistakes to navigate and mitigate the adverse consequences of those actions. Welcome, ladies. I'm so excited to have each of you here today. So we are going to start with Lauren. I have a kind of, we're going to do Lauren, then Susie, then Kristen, and then everybody can speak up if you have anything else to add. But Lauren, Let's just start with what was your goal when you first came into the mastermind? Why did you join? I was feeling stuck. So I had had my own practice for over eight years and felt like I took it kind of as far as I could on my own, but frankly was getting sort of bored with doing the same kinds of work and wanted to figure out how to do more of the work that really interested me. And wanted to explore the idea of building a, a firm, building a team to do that work with. And so that was your big goal, right? Your goal was, let's build my firm. Let's at least get started in the process through the mastermind. Right. Yes. And okay, <laughs> that's a big goal, right? Especially after being so low for so long. What have you learned about yourself as you've been working kind of through this process this past year of, of you know, I'm not just going to be a solo attorney anymore. I now am going to have a law firm with actual people in it. You know, what have you been <laughs> learning about yourself through that process? Um, I've been learning, I think, to just sum it up quickly that I get in my own way a lot. <laughs> um, I, you know, I've, I've thought back on this uh, almost year that we've been working together and realize that a lot of what I've been working on is clearing out clutter in terms of mindset, you know, fears and um, getting myself caught up in minutia, the, the kind of hamster wheel, as I think of it, of keeping myself busy, 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 and not being able to step back 
and look at the big picture and the things that are actually most important to me. Mm. Um, so, so you, Heather, and this group have really helped me to do that, to take that step back and clean up those habits, um, clear out the clutter, like, like really practically do that. And even in terms of how I schedule my day, how I minimize distractions, just like really concrete tools to recognize that I'm doing that and stop it mm-hmm. <laughs> and focus on the things that are actual priorities. Um, so I'd say those are the biggest things that I've accomplished, but I don't have the firm yet, <laughs> um, but I'm taking tangible steps toward that goal. And there just needed to be a lot of cleanup first. I think this is a, a really big point that I want to emphasize because what what you have found, Lauren, is so normal, um, I think, amongst lawyers and even high achievers in general, right? We so easily get caught up in the day-to-day and the work, and then we think, well, I just don't have time for all these other big things. And at the end of the day, we often blame, and I used to do this, like this is just like, I think, human beings in general. We like to blame all the external stuff, the other people have all these demands and there's always pressure to deliver very quickly. And there, you know, there's all these other things going on, right? And it's always taking me away. And so I just can't. When at the end of the day, it's really up to us to own it and to realize that, and, and this is interesting because I, I hear this from new clients a lot. I, I have a time management problem. No, 99.99% of the time, that's not actually the problem. It, 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 maybe you have some time management that it could be better, but it's it's a prioritization issue. It goes even deeper than that, right? Absolutely, it does. And I and I think a big discovery recently for me is that it's kind of the easy way. It feels really stressful to be so busy like that, but it's also what I'm very used to. Uh huh. And so that is the easy way out. And it's scarier to step back to kind of think about the big picture and the goals and the dreams and realize that along the way, I will probably <laughs> make mistakes. I have already made some um, and, and to just be kind of okay with that. Mm. Yeah. I think that's really important because most of my clients, when they come to me saying they want something big, a big goal, a big dream, like what you're doing, right? Starting their own firm for others and really growing drastically they, it's really hard to admit that what's really holding you back is you until you step back and realize, okay, I'm afraid of making a mistake. I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of like, and why am I afraid of that? Because what I've actually found most of the time isn't, it's not actually that you're afraid of making the mistake because you know, you have the capability of like getting back up and figuring things out and moving on. Like we all do this, right? We do. We have this capability. It's but what will other people think if I made a mistake? And I think it's really important to step back and realize that because I I don't know why exactly this is, but I found that if we're not honest with ourselves about that, then it's really hard for us to take those action steps and actually then go, okay, you know what? I can figure this out and it's going to be okay. Now, I'm curious to know, has the group, helped with that at all? Like you, um, 
you know, being afraid of making a mistake and not wanting to do, you know, it's easy to stay comfortable in the what you've known and not actually go do the steps you need to take to grow the business, knowing you're going to make mistakes. How has the group helped you with being okay with those mistakes? I mean, I'm sure it's not a total coincidence because because you sort of curated us as a group, <laughs> but we... There are a lot of similarities in the three of us. And even though we're doing different things, our goals are are different in some ways. We repeatedly find ourselves in sort of the same place, right? So it is very helpful to see other people going through the same thing and we can talk about it. And, um, you know, we always give other people sort of more grace than we give ourselves. So uh, it's it's helpful to... To, to see other people doing the, having the same struggles, be able to give them feedback and encouragement, and then realize that you also have to apply that to yourself. Yes, I think that's so key. And I think I've said this before, but a lot of attorneys suffer from imposter syndrome. And from what I've found, a lot of that has to do with the fact that we hold everything in and never admit to others how we actually feel and what we're struggling with. And I think the reason I actually formed the mastermind was because I saw so clearly that everybody on these paths, on these similar journeys, were making the same kind of mistakes, were holding themselves back in the same way, and were experiencing very similar things. And yet they all presumed they were the only ones. And so they felt like idiots because of it and started to suffer more and more from imposter syndrome. And I think whether it's within this mastermind, another mastermind, or just like forming a group of your own of peers who are similar to you and on a similar journey. It's so important to share what you're actually struggling with because we all assume we're the only ones. And when we find out we're not, it's like it brings back a little bit of that confidence, you know, and allows us to go take those steps. So I'm happy to hear that you said that because I think it's so important for attorneys to learn. We've got to start talking to other people more. Because, you know, ladies, one of these days, this group's not going to be here for you, right? You're going to need to also remember to have a group of support, a peer group that you meet with regularly to talk about these types of things. So that's just a note to you guys. I would encourage you in the future when you're not in a mastermind experience like this to maybe at least meet monthly with attorneys who are on similar journeys to you that where you can talk about these types of things and continually get help like this. So... Anyway, let's move on. So you have mentioned in the past how key your values are, especially when making business decisions. And you have a very values-based business, at least the way I see it, the, w- the way you look at your business, the kind of clients you want to work with, all of that. Can you give, because I've been talking about values so much on this podcast, and I think that sometimes people think of it as this ethereal kind of conceptual thing, but they're not sure how to like practically put it into practice. So could you give at least one example where your values came up when you were making a business decision and how you used them to help you with that decision-making process? Sure. Yeah. And and first, I just want to say that you're right, <laughs> that I am very values-based. And yet somehow I wasn't really conscious of that, it, at least not you know, while when things come up and I make decisions, and definitely I'm very conscious of the fact that I set up a firm that's intended to help people who produce better food and to try to affect some positive change in the food system. And so I have a, a purpose 
driven business, but in terms of values impacting my everyday decisions and being more aware of the disconnect between what's going on in my life and my practice and my values and trying to bridge that gap. Like that wasn't something that was very conscious for Mm -hmm. me until more recently. So um, it's been very valuable (laughs) to to get that insight. But I I think um, a great example was just the decision to join this group and to start working with you, Heather, because I actually thought back to when I, when I first reached out to you and I was at a conference for lawyers, like a legal tech kind of conference. And it's a lot of business focus. And, you know, I was feeling this need to, to get some help and there's a ton of advice out there for legal professionals, especially for small firm owners that is very much focused on building a legal services machine is how Uh I see it. Um, How you can set up a system that is sort of, you know, McDonald's like replicable thing that makes as much money and involves as little of you, the owner's time as possible. And that was not sitting well with me. And I do really recognize the need to build an efficient business and have systems and all those things, the the soul of that was missing. Mm. And, you know, so I've identified that relationships um, are really important to me as a value, specifically relationships with my clients and professional service is actually really important to me. Uh, you know, the, the idea of lawyers as counselors and advisors and not just somebody who's going to hand off your matter to a junior person who's going to follow mm-hmm. a bunch of systems. So deciding to work with you, because I saw that that was important to you to help your clients figure out what's important to them and how to build a practice that actually fulfills their own goals and values um, is a great example. It's probably the best example I can think of, of a decision I made that was in line with my values. That's awesome. And I I, I had no idea you were going to mention that. So <laughs> that's interesting to me. I would just say, I mean, there's nothing wrong per se with setting up a business machine. If it works within your lifestyle, the life you want and your own values. I do think sometimes we place too much emphasis on that without stepping back and asking the why behind it. And so, and and that's why I think so many lawyers end up unhappy, right? We go into practicing law because of our values oftentimes, and yet then get on this path of efficiency and deliverability and all this other stuff and making money, which yes, is important, but we lose sight of the values piece. And so it's really important to make sure that's in there and to be really intentional about it because otherwise you you could very well end up somewhere where you're like, whoa, where, how did I end up here? (laughs) Why am I here? And I'm not happy. So, okay. So what is, would you say has been the number one result you've gotten through the mastermind to date? I think the biggest thing, and there 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 have been many, but I think the biggest thing is really this clarity of focus that I have been reconnected to the reason why I started this whole thing, which again, I, there was just a lot of clutter that got in the way of that, and I and I got caught up in just reacting to whatever was coming my way. So the ability to sort of see through that more clearly and start intentionally planning the growth that I want to have and stop just reacting to stuff. It's, I think that's the biggest thing. 
And how has the mastermind helped you the most with this? Like, what's the one big thing that you would say, yeah, this is how it helped me? Yeah, I think so. In particular, this format of having a group that we meet every two weeks, it is the accountability. So I've called it before the gym buddies for my business, right? It is the, we're going to check in with each other. I want to have something (laughs) to report. And so when I do inevitably slip back and get caught up in the day-to-day, I have to remind myself, I'm going to have a call (laughs) with my group coming up. And what have I done? I better go do the things I told them I would do. And so that's been really helpful. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with everybody today. We'll come back at the end to see if you want to add anything, but we're going to move on to Susie. What was your original goal for the mastermind? Why did you come into the mastermind? So I think that my goal and kind of my reason why are a little different. So my my goal, like kind of that tangible goal was to ultimately build the Legally Bliss community membership numbers. But as for kind of why I wanted to come into this mastermind for that particular goal, I've learned, I've been in masterminds in the past. And one thing I've learned is that there's so much benefit to being a contributor in a a mastermind as there, as there is gaining guidance and information Mm. and help and, and accountability. And honestly, like, I am kind of a sucker for a good (laughs) mastermind. And when, you know, I learned about this mastermind and the other women that were in it, I mean, I was like, I can't say no to this. (laughs) Like other, you know, brilliant women who have their, you know, own small practices, uh, fellow female lawyers and a facilitator, Heather, who um, was a former big law um, lawyer. You actually you know, you've had your, you've pounded the pavement, right. In mm-hmm. in terms of knowing what it's like to practice law. So I, I was just so attracted to that. Okay. And so that everybody knows Legally Blissed was a, an idea for um, support and community and kind of a membership style format for female lawyers. And you wanted to come in to grow that. How has your goal changed over time? Because I know your goal in particular has changed. Yes, and has. Um, tell us a little bit about where you are now and how how that changed, how that process happened. So I'm going to make this really short <laughs> because I I could go on and on about this. But one thing that you know we really started working on early in 2023 was um, doing these market surveys for people to kind of get a better kind of idea of what type of language I should be using on my website and what type of, uh, you know, content would be really good for the women in the, in the legally bliss community. And, you know, I straight up hit a wall. Um, I kind of, I hit a burnout wall and, um, I realized I needed to take a step back And summer was kind of around the corner. I guess it was around spring. I was like, you know what? I need to hit my reset button a bit on this, take a step back to kind of help me get like a, you know, a 25,000 foot view of where I am because I'm also running a long practice Uh with a decent sized client base. It's not huge. It's it's manageable. And, And I, 
unlike Lauren, I, I want to stay, I've wanted to stay, um, small, like I'm not necessarily wanting to grow the, the client base itself. Like, of course I'll take new clients on, but it's not, I'm not doing any type of growth push. Um, but one thing that I've kind of learned through this evolution with you is clarity comes through imperfect action. Um, that's like one of my biggest takeaways over the past year. And I think that we have a tendency to be really angry with ourselves if we take if we start taking steps in one direction and we hit a wall or like, oh no, 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 that's not gonna work, right? I've got to back up a bit here. Um, but I kept going back to what you know you taught us and about, you know, Claire, you can only learn by moving forward, right? You can't learn by just kind of sitting, like resting on your laurels. You have to be moving mm-hmm. forward, setting that goal. Even if the goal evolves, you have to have it sort of as your, like if you're getting on, um, I don't know if anybody uses Waze, right? Like, or Google Maps to help them get somewhere. Like you have to know the address to punch in before you can even start, like, before you can pull out of your driveway. So I kind of looked at like, you know, you might take the wrong, a wrong road, a, a wrong path, but you'll ultimately course correct. And I think that's another thing that you've kind of talked about too, is course correction. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of this is, is taking steps towards goals and being okay with it, maybe not being the perfect step forward or the perfect goal. Right. Because you oh, kind of yeah, you, you, you've kind of changed. Like you came in wanting to grow this community and now you've, at least for now, decided the community's not gonna happen. At least right now. I'm shutting it down. I need to rethink this. Yeah. This wasn't yeah. worth it from a time perspective. And I'm financial. Mm-hmm. you you know, you were learning maybe what the target market might want was different than what you were willing to provide too, right? So that's that's some of the disconnect. And so once you've learned that, you had to step back and go, okay, do I really want this? Yes. So, and this is something that I think we high achievers and lawyers are high achievers, love to set goals and force ourselves to achieve the dang goal, right? We don't like letting go of goals. If we set it, we should. And there's this quote that people love to misquote out there. And I don't, have it on me. So I, I'm not going to butcher it. I'm not going to say it, but it's a, it's a Winston Churchill quote that people love to quote around, you know, pushing and pushing and pushing and continuing to go on towards our goals. But the misquote is that everybody always lops off the end of it because there's an exception to that, because there are times when you are supposed to real like, if it is the wrong goal, if you realize, if you get the right information that says, no, no, you're on the wrong path, it's the wrong thing to keep pushing. So why would you say that dropping that goal, at least for now, has been a good thing for you? There are some really tangible reasons why it's been a good thing. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a really safe space to make a mistake. And that's one thing I've loved about this group. But kind of in terms of why has it been um, a good thing, it's really permitted me um, or it kind of allowed me to take a step back and look at my trademark practice again. And, you know, even though I was still, I still had my practice, I was not as focused on it. And I realized, interestingly, that I've got a really awesome asset in that practice itself. 
right? Like I've grown this practice um, since like 2010 on my own. And I've really created a, an amazing asset for me. And for any youngsters that might want to go to law school, but it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Definitely not going to be pushing any people in my family to to continue on the family uh, practice, but you you never know, right? Even though the community itself is, I want to kind of say it's on hold. I, I'm not ready to kind of like can it quite yet. I, and there it goes, like, but that's kind of a mental thing, right? Maybe we need some coaching around that, but it's like, I don't want to let the baby go. Um, but, you know, I've there have been like a ton of just ancillary by, byproducts of having worked on growing the community in the way that I did despite the fact that it is on hold, because I mean, one of the biggest is just having met so many incredible female lawyers, right? So Mm -hmm. I started out with the podcast and um, that is such a great way to grow and connect with people. I mean, honestly, it's how I met you. So, right. And um, which is cool. And and so for those of you who don't know, Susie has a podcast called the Legally Blissed Podcast. So I will put a link to it in the show notes so that you can go listen to it. Oh, well, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, you know, the, the I guess kind of the other thing that I've, I've really wanted to connect with too, with respect to the goal setting, and this kind of goes to what Lauren was talking about is, you know, knowing your values, right? Mm-hmm. And taking steps. Uh, trying to at least on a daily basis <laughs> um, towards goals that are aligned with your values. If perhaps, you know, our, our values, well, actually I, I know they evolve over time, right? They're always different. And just depending on what is going on in your life. And I know that some of my priorities over the past six months have evolved. And that comes down to, um, you know, having a grandmother that was not well, um, seeing my parents getting older, my mom having to do a lot of care for her mother and my dad, kids that are not my children, but my niece and um, nephews who are growing cr- crazy fast. And, you know, at the time I was like, you know, my priority right now, I want it to be my family. And the community was taking up so much of your time. It, it was. was burning yeah. you out because you were trying yeah. to like practice law at the same time. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's not it like it was the only thing you were doing. <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah. So it was the only thing I was doing that could be a very different calculus, right? But it, right. it wasn't. So right, right. So what about the mastermind experience have you valued the most and why? I feel like the group dynamics of this mastermind are absolutely incredible. Lauren kind of she mentioned that you one thing that is very cool is that I know that you very, very mindfully put us together. Like I don't, it's interesting because I don't think, I think we're all maybe a little bit on like the introverted side, like, you know, and there's like no one in the group that's like super kind of on the extroverted side, which would be fine. But I just think that it was a a good melding of personalities Mm -hmm. and um, experience um, because we've all been practicing law for more than a couple of years. So, um, I also think sort of another great thing that I got, you know, in addition to sort of that support um, camaraderie from the other women, um, just that unexpected clarity, because we have multiple minds working on our problems and all brilliant minds, all um, legal minds. And um, I'm going to kind of stroke your ego a little bit here, Heather, but one thing 
get ready for this. One thing I've loved about, you know, working with you is that I think that you have a sort of a really unique ability to coach and consult and you're able to um, kind of figure out and you're such a great active listener. Like you, like it is so (laughs) obvious. Like if you're not, you have completely fooled me, but like you're, (laughs) you're just so you're like, you're like watching the words come out of my mouth. Right. And, um, so that gives you sort of like this, I think really unique ability to know when we need coaching and when we need Mm. consulting and they are different. They are very different and definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. Not most coaches are, cannot do the consulting part. Um, because, because number one, they don't have that ability to pick them apart. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, they're, they don't have the legal background, which is definitely key. And, you know, granted, I don't think it just goes for working with other lawyers for you, but just professionals in general. Well, thank you very much. I did not expect that. Um, I would say this, like when it comes to coaching versus consulting, that's something I actually struggled with the first couple of years of my business because I was very mm-hmm. careful I had to be very careful to train myself not to just go into consulting mode because we lawyers consult, right? So Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time my first couple of years really focusing on coaching alone, which is why I started, I started this business very differently than it's morphed into, which is a perfect example of how things course correct and change over time, right? I started this as a work-life balance coaching for just of any professional. And then it got into work-life balance coaching for lawyers only. And then I started, people started coming to me for business advice. So I did started the consulting piece. And so by then I felt comfortable enough that I could pick between the two, but it is different and you do have to be careful. And so I would say to anybody out there, the one thing I would say is if you're going to work with somebody, it doesn't matter who it is, make sure they're the right fit for what you want and need and make sure you understand whether you want consulting, coaching, or a combination. Because not everybody can provide both. Um, Most provide one or the other. And you want to be real clear about what the difference is and what it is you're looking for. So that's my, my two cents on when you're looking for a coach or consultant to help you with like business growth or other things. What would you tell somebody. Oh, and before I ask this question, the other thing I will say, because you both mentioned it, I do curate the group very carefully. And I curate it based on personalities and what I can discover, I mean, as much as I can discover through my interview process of strengths and weaknesses and similarity of goals. I want there to be enough similarities and like, there's got to be a cohesiveness to the group that can be formed very quickly for this to work. Um, so I do turn people down is my point. Like this is why it's an application process for Elevate. There are people I interview that I'm like, you know, you'd be great for a group, but not the group that's currently coming together (laughs) or, you know, and so I I just want to warn people because applying does not mean you get in like that you're automatically in. It needs to work for people. But also, even though there are similarities, there are differences in everybody too. There need to be, because that's where that really great brainstorming and outside the box thinking. So it's an interesting puzzle that um, that that we have to do, and it's why moving forward, I'm only going to be offering this experience once a year. Previously, I've tried to interview twice a year. It is a lot of work. 
I got to say <laughs> on my, and it's, it's a lot of time. And I just don't with where my life and practice is right now, it, it's, it's a once a year thing. So if you are interested in Elevate, now is the time people <laughs> to, to reach out to interview because it's not going to be back for until next year uh, around this time, around the fall. Okay. So last question for you, Susie, what would you tell somebody who's considering joining either Elevate or any other mastermind group experience similar to this? What should they know? I think that it's not just about goal achievement and, and we've talked on, on this, right? It's, it's about the process and the ancillary byproducts that you achieve during that process. So even though you've, you've maybe stated a goal as part of joining a mastermind to just be uh, sort of gentle with yourself, um, if that goal changes again, lawyers, we are so, we are so goal oriented, right? It was, it was the ACT, it was the SAT, and then it was the LSAT, right? Like it's always, and then it's the bar exam. Like we always set these goals that we feel like we have to reach and we're trained so hard to, we're trained so hard to do that. It's just, it's almost just kind of in our blood in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. but with respect to the goals that you're setting for your professional growth. Um, I think that, you know, uh, giving yourself a little grace with respect to evolving your goal over mm-hmm. time um, or pivoting, just straight up pivoting is, you, you know, you need to do that and having sort of that safe space to land in a group is is really key because it allows you, I mean, Lauren talked about accountability, right? Like she was like, okay, I know, oh my gosh, I got a meeting. <laughs> We've got that meeting coming up this week. I'm, I better not come to this meeting without having my, my thing. Right. But here's the thing, like, yeah, like there's some accountability, but if she came and she's like, guys, I've decided to amend or, or pivot something. We're going to be like, awesome. Like what's, what are you thinking? Right. Like there's, even though there's like that accountability, it's still a safe sp- space to land. If you do evolve your your goal. Well, and there have been times where all of you have comes like, I didn't do the thing I said I do, but here's <laughs> why. And there's yeah. something to talk about related to that. And that's important to note. Sometimes we can't, and I think because as you said, we're trained, we're trained to get a particular goal achieved for our clients too. That's and true. so then we, yeah. we like, we put ourselves into that, but well, no, this is the goal I set. This is what I must do, but it's not always the thing you actually need or want. Or the way we thought we'd go about it initially isn't always the way, the best way for us. And so when we make those realizations, it's important to step back and pause and then get feedback from others so that we can figure out what the best step is and what the actual goal should be. All right, Kristen, it's your turn. So, okay, tell us what your goal was coming into the mastermind and why you joined it. Yeah, um, actually, I decided that I was going to answer this question by looking up what I first wrote to you. I'm going to read it because I actually think it will very clearly demonstrate what I've learned and how this group has helped me improve. So I actually wrote that I wanted to join the mastermind um, so I could learn from you, Heather, and a group of like-minded small firm or solo lawyers about how to grow my practice and create a solid financial plan for long-term stability while gaining confidence about running a successful law firm. And really what was behind that was I just didn't feel like I knew how to run a business and I didn't know how to keep one going. But, um, and the reason I read that is I think as 
maybe we talk a little bit more because we'll come to understand that I, the imposter syndrome for me was very real. And I very much felt like I had to speak a certain way and that my own voice was getting lost. And that was causing a lot of confusion for me that I hadn't really realized that, but, um, you know, I was nervous about how to run a business and that's what initially drew me to you in this group. Awesome. Okay. So tell me a little bit about, um, you came in with that goal, which hasn't really changed, but some of your focus around what you do and what your, your firm and your practice is going to look like and now looks like even has changed. Tell us about where you are now and what has changed. Yeah. So I think my goal has become more clear. Um, and in terms of, you know, where I am now, I think what I realized in preparing for the first group meeting, and I want to say you have us answer some questions and do some deep thinking before we start, which is really helpful. Um, but it also really forced me to try to I come to that clarity that I think the others have talked about. Um, but really, I was very focused on, I need to learn how to run a business. And for me, that felt very, very separate and distinct from being a lawyer, having values, things like that. I think I just had this line that a business owner is this, you know, tangible, measurable thing. And that is part of it, right? We have uh-huh. measurable goals, we have financial goals, but I was feeling like it was this other box and it was separate from who I am as a person. And even just having to talk about and bring goals and to-dos to this group really forced me to clarify what it is I really wanted. And not so much, I think learning how to run a business, I could do and the confidence that I needed, I I needed and I got from this group. But really what it was is that my messaging and Mm. the, the running of the business itself is getting clients and having law work to do, which I felt like it was coming in very haphazardly, or I felt nervous about that. Like people are sending me referrals, but I, you know, why are they doing this? And when is it going to stop? And how am I going to keep it going? But the reality is it was the messaging. And once I got the clarity on that, what it is I do, and not what it is I do through somebody else's words, but what it is I do through my words Mm. and who I am and how I help people and the type of people that I can best help. That was the clarity. So I don't know if it's really a goal change, but once I came to understand that that's how I need to speak, I really stopped fearing that my business would be sustainable. I learned that, no, I can sustain, but it's not that I need to learn how to do these nuts and bolts of a business, that I need the confidence to make sure that I am putting the word out there about what I do and truly who is best fit for me to help. Uh, So I think there's a couple of things that come from what you just said. Okay. So number one is we lawyers tend to think of the business side of law as this like other thing, this other being that's a scary, oh my God, I'm not a business owner. And, and, and we, we have serious confidence issues around that, which is interesting to me because really like, look at all of the businesses out there that people start without any college at all without, like, it's not as hard as you think. It's not rocket science, right? There are some metrics you have to follow. There are some things you need to do, but, 
at the end of the day, it's really not that hard to learn that stuff. It's it's more about just doing it and and allowing yourself to kind of play around and figure figure some things out. The other thing is the intentionality piece. When you get clarity around who your clients are, what you really want to do, and then you get clarity around how do I message that so it speaks to those people, then you can go intentionally market to them. <laughs> and it actually yeah. brings in work. <laughs> yes. And the intentionality piece is so important. There are so many attorneys who don't think of it that way, I think. And that's like that click that that happens that really does help turn things around when it comes to business development and growing your practice and bringing new work in. That I think is so important is to be more intentional about it and to spend some time on getting that clarity for you and then how to speak to it correctly. Because then it sinks, right? And then yeah. it becomes easier. And you're actually attracting the clients you want, by the way, <laughs> the right clients, because there are right clients and wrong clients for everybody out there. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. you, and lawyers are so scared about, but what if, what if, what if, you know, there's a downturn or there's not enough work or people, you know, and so they just take anybody. And that's how we end up super unhappy. You want to be more intentional because then it's easier then to project and to start like, you you know who to reach out to, you know where to go, you know what to say. I mean, all of that kind of clicks together. And as you said, you gain more confidence because you know, okay, well, this exists. There's enough people out there for me. I can make this work. And it really helps streamline the referral. So we don't turn that much away right now because most of what comes into my firm is a really, really good fit. It's, we're mm. almost entirely referral-based. And lawyers have come to understand who it is we held. And that has really made it more efficient. We're not spending as much time on the intake. And yes. that it, yeah. it, it, it's paid off immeasurably in that respect. And that's a really important piece. Because when you get this clarity and you start messaging it correctly, you get less and less of the wrong fits coming to you. So you're not wasting your time, mm-hmm. which we don't want to do. We don't want to waste our time, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So for you're also, all three of you are very values-based. Um, you're very values-based as well. How have your values guided you to where you are now? Yeah, values definitely are important. And like I said before, I felt like that those, I was nervous or scared maybe to let those become a part of my messaging. Um, you know, I also felt like there's this lawyer persona and then there's me and I didn't want, you know, I want my clients to know too much about me. Maybe, maybe that makes me vulnerable to other lawyers. I don't know. I'm just, I'm not sure what that holdup was, but also through this group and having a state, I think people have called this a safe space. It very much is. And how you facilitate this, Heather, we really, I think, just have to break those barriers down for us to even get to the meat of our goal. And those values, as I talked more about them with this group and felt more comfortable and realized that they have to be a part of my messaging for me to be genuine, which is a really big value for me, that really just things started to click. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't so scary. I mean, I'm probably still never going to be the person that's going to post super personal, you know, things about me. But that I'm letting some of that leak into my messaging in the way that it helps inform other attorneys or, um, you know, when I'm doing a, a CLE, uh, you know, uh-huh. presentations for me are, are a comfortable way for me to get my messaging out or referral, you know, increase referrals that it's okay. And it actually helps me 
to be able to speak on that topic. And that has guided me through the mastermind as well. I think I think I started out probably much more timid and maybe closed and nervous. And then as our group, it's it's really hard not to be open with this group. But <laughs> I think it said before, Heather, you match us up perfectly. But it's really helped me just to have this space to talk about things and get the feedback to realize that the values are always there and the uncomfortableness or the frustration I felt it was because my values weren't there in present. I wasn't being genuine. It wasn't serving the clients that I felt are best. It's a lot of work out there and there's work that could come to me that maybe there's a better lawyer even for that client. And that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. important for that Mm -hmm. client. It's important to me that my services are being used to a person that will also value them and we'll get the most out of what I can do for them, which is going to be different than another lawyer who might approach things a different way, have different skills, and they're going to be a good fit. And that's, that's the great thing about lawyers is we're all yes, different. We, we are. can help a variety of clients. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would just say, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of us lawyers are afraid to divulge too much. It doesn't mean you have to give personal insight into your life, like the personal side. You could give a piece of it. So like I have a client who's very into, you know, um, the lessons she's learning from her kids. And so she will sometimes share those things on LinkedIn, but they're very targeted towards the lessons learned that are more applicable to life and business, right? But she doesn't share everything about her personal life. She is showing through that value of hers, of how she learns and the family aspect, why it's so important to her. And she is more attractive to people who value family. And so it helps with the right clients coming and picking her. But it doesn't mean that she divulges too much, right? So, and you don't even have to do it that way. Like you've utilized your values very clearly to define who your perfect client is, who you actually want to help. And you get that out there in your messaging so that people are very clear. But it doesn't mean you have to like divulge things that are about your kids or your family or your, you know, that kind of, that side of your life either. So, right. And I think that's that's something I'm glad you you talked about because so many people get a little afraid to show. It, it doesn't mean you have to show too much. You get to choose what you show. So what would you say is the one thing about the mastermind that helped you the most? The thing with the mastermind that helped me the most has been the group format, the accountability. Mm. So for me, I think Lauren said this too, and I know Susie touched on it, but I tend to set big goals as all lawyers. I'm very driven and I'll have these big goals. I'm going to, I want a business that makes X amount. Right. And then I want to dive right in, read everything I can dig deep, make this goal happen. And it's overwhelming because didn't break it down. (laughs) And I get the little voices in my head start to come out that, well, you know, you're not a good business person or whatever the nonsense is that we tell ourselves that because our goal wasn't achieved in, you know, 24 hours or whatever insane goal I set for myself to do this big thing in. And the group meets every two weeks. And what I love about it is at the end of each meeting, we set to do, and those to do's are you know, especially you, Heather, if they're getting too big or out, you, you draw us in, they, they're supposed to be, you know, measurable, accountable, and achievable are the things I think about this group. So we set our goals. It's just things we can do in two weeks. It might be two things. It might be four things, whatever best fits. 
what's going on in our lives and how to meet the next step of that goal. And it was almost this breakdown. You don't even realize that you're breaking your goal down into these actionable steps. And then at one point I looked back and I realized, oh, I have through this group, through the two week format, the accountability, bringing my goals, you know, in two weeks, I can do these things. You look back over four months, for example, and you've achieved a lot, but it didn't feel, you know, somebody had said, well, it'll take you 12 months to do this thing. You can put it in your brain. Okay. In 12 months, I can do these things. But when we just set a goal, like I want to, you know, have this certain type of revenue, or I want to have this many clients, you need to be able to break it down. But I just, that it's not my strength. And I think it's really hard too, because you need the accountability or I do, I needed the accountability of who am I going to check in with every two weeks? Mm. If it's just me, you know, I'm not going to hold myself accountable. I'm going to pressure myself (laughs) on why it's not done. And beat up on yourself for not getting it done quickly enough. Right. Because yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. I think that given that we're getting towards the end of the year and everybody's people are starting to really pay attention to what how their goals have gone for the year and then setting goals for the next year is really important to mention this the human brain the way it works is when we set these big goals for that are 6 or 12 months out or even worse like Lauren trying to grow a big law firm which might take her a couple of years to get to where she really wants to be right um we see that and it's exciting at first but then we start to like try to figure out well, what to do and it feels so overwhelming. And so you do have to break it down. You do have to step back and like really start breaking it down into smaller pieces. And I will say I have a whole workbook around goal setting and goal achievement that kind of walks people through that. So I'll put a link to that um, resource in the show notes so that people can grab it if they want to. I also, if I can find it, I'm pretty sure I still have it available, have a workshop that I did that was kind of live and recorded that kind of walks you through that process and talks about how to break these down. Um, But it's funny because you do it, if you look too far ahead, you're not as likely to take like action. Our brains like work against us. But if you step back and you break it down into small little pieces and you it's funny how all these small little actions add up and actually do get you so much further. Okay. So that's it for all my gen- all my questions for each of you. Is there anything before we go that any of you wanted to add? I, for me, the only thing I think that I had thought about in preparing for this podcast was, and maybe I've said it, but um, the confidence in being both a lawyer and a business owner. I felt, oh, I know how to be a lawyer when I came into this. But the reality is, yes, I did. But it's different when you run a business as a lawyer than when you work for somebody else as a lawyer. And it's those two can be symbiotic and they can work mm-hmm. together and you can they can play off you can use your legal skills to build your business and vice versa. And I think having the confidence to just lean into that and know that that's okay. And I mean, we're all good lawyers. And if we're thinking about a group like this, it means that we're trying to improve our practice and be better. And that confidence piece and the support that this group gave me to be able to continue on that path has been the best gift that I gave myself when we started. So I would just encourage other lawyers, especially who have solo practices or small firms that 
Yeah. So I know from my own experience, it can be really lonely (laughs) and, and it's, it's hard. Like ideally we all have mentors who've done this and we have these, you know, great relationships with other lawyers that we can bounce ideas off all the time. But the reality is like, that's, that's not the case for a lot of people. And it certainly isn't for me. And so it's just really helpful to find other people, whether it's through a real formal group like this and a coaching relationship or some other way, because just being able to have the sounding board, right? Mm -hmm. Like get out of your own head and just say things out loud and get reactions from other people and their insights. Like none of us know everything, (laughs) um, but, but together we, we're able to contribute a lot. And so I've gotten so many insights just, just from bouncing ideas off of this group. Um, and also, you know, it helps that Heather is an expert and has, and knows a lot about how our brains work and, and the practicality of growing a business. And it's just all, it's really helpful. So I would just encourage people who might be thinking, like, do I want to do this? Um, or can I just figure it out all on my own? Like, get some help, figure it, you know, see if it works for you. Susie, you have anything to add? I would just definitely, you know, kind of back up what Lauren and, and Kristen said and just say thank you to to you, Heather, um, for being a great coach, consultant, and advocate, and also to Lauren and Kristen for all of your just tangible feedback and, and help. So I'm so grateful for all of you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope, actually, I know, don't hope. I know the audience is going to get a lot out of today's episode. There are lots of nuggets of wisdom to take, regardless of whether you join a mastermind, regardless of whether you're in private practice, it doesn't matter. There's lots of wisdom here that you can take and apply to your life. I would just suggest that you uh, take what you can, apply it, and as always, get help. Regardless of who it's from, make sure, like we lawyers tend to go solo. We like to do it on our own. We like to prove ourselves. It is not the best way. Give yourself some sort of structured support, you know, regularity. Like as, as Lauren said, we all have these mentors and people, but how often do we actually reach out? How often you can set up your own structured support, make sure you do it in some way, shape or form so that you can support yourself because you will see not just better results, but you'll also be much happier, much mentally healthier, less stressed, and you're more likely to have a very successful practice in life. So that's it for me today. We will be back next week with another episode. Bye for now. Are you tired of barely squeezing life in thinking, shouldn't there be more to life than this? Do you want to get to the next level, but without losing yourself in the process? Are you ready to start thinking and doing differently so that you can stop doing the same things over and over and over, hoping for a different result? If any of this speaks to you and you're ready to do something about it starting now, book a call with me to find out how I can help. Go to lifeandlawpodcast.com forward slash free call.